You're listening to the Inbound Logistics Podcast with a special look at our video podcast series. Welcome to the Inbound Logistics video podcast series presented by Inbound Logistics Magazine. Today, we're going to be discussing some of the latest EPA regulations meant to curb emissions and pollutants from heavy-duty trucks and see how they might affect the shipping community and the supply chain sector overall. Our guest today is Michael Kucharski of JKC Trucking, and we're going to ask him if these regulations are a green win or a red flag. Here is our host, Amy Roach. Great. Hi, Michael. Thanks so much for joining us. It's great to have you here. Thank you for having me on your show. Absolutely. Uh, Excited to dive in and talk about this. Obviously, it's a very buzzworthy uh, and important topic. Um, But first, just give us a little background. Uh, Tell me about yourself and your company, JKC Trucking. Yeah, JKC Trucking, we specialize in uh, LTL product, which means less than truck, uh, less than truckload. And we go from the Midwest, to the whole West Coast. We have two terminals in, in California. Just to give you an idea, we're a family business. You know, my father bought his first truck in 77. We have only almost 50 years of experience. You know, my father has pretty much dedicated all his life to delivering food and, and feeding the American people. Uh, the two terminals in California, we have one in Stockton in Northern California. We have one in, in Santa Fe Springs in Southern California. And uh, what we do is try to uh, we feed the American people every day and then try to keep the wheels rolling. <laughs> Great. So you're all over and you've been through it all. You've probably seen uh, uh, lots of uh, lots of ups and downs throughout the industry and in a great place to talk about some of these um, regulations. And just before we get into kind of the nitty gritty, if you would um, walk the audience through, you know, the latest Environmental Protection Agency regulations. What are they? What are they specifying? Uh, and, you know, what do we need to know? So, yeah, the, the EPA is, 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 is pushing for uh, electronic vehicles, uh, electronic trucks. Uh, and the big pusher is, is California. California actually has has mandated uh, these electronic trucks to to come into their states. You know, but this mandated it's based on, on brand new technology. And just to give you guys an idea, I, I support green energy, but, you know, it's it's a little frustrating. Uh, and I don't agree with California for the more kind of sake of California keeps jamming these uh, regulations on truckers throats. California wants to force have its trucks to be electrified by 2035, you know what I mean, which is, mm-hmm. is great, but then we have some issues because these regulations, number one, are not practical. You know, banning, they're not practical for five reasons. You know, banning diesels is, is impractical and impossible currently right now and pushing it too fast. It could be catastrophic for the supply chain. Understood. Okay. Now you said five reasons and you talked about diesel. Uh, can you tell us what the other four are? I'm, I'm curious. Uh, it's a great way to, to kind of put a concise uh, spin on it. So yeah, number one, costs. You know, mm-hmm. the cost of these green uh, energy vehicles are, are, are astronomical. Two, yeah. infrastructure. Infrastructure is not there yet. Uh, and my biggest, uh, th- number three is, is testing and data. This is my biggest concern because these, these electronic trucks are being tested right now as as we we speak they don't have all that uh they're working the bugs out which is kind of makes me very nervous four is driving range uh and and then five this could be less payload capacity and i could could kind of go into each one if if you like and and give you a little bit more input uh yeah sure let's let's start with cost obviously that's the first thing i think that sets everybody off um how you know do you see these regulations impacting cost for truckers across the supply chain and then eventually you know does that trickle down to consumers as well 
yeah, the, the cost is, 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 it keeps me up at night and, and I can't even imagine how it keeps up, keeps truckers up in, in California. Just to give you an idea, 90% of the, the truckers in California are, are owner operators, small independent drivers, right? And, yeah. uh, let me the cost a new clean diesel long haul tractor you know, right now typically costs in the range of one hundred eighty thousand to two hundred thousand right. dollars. Um, it used to be a little bit less before COVID, but uh, a comparable battery electric tractor uh, costs upwards of four hundred eighty thousand. It's only a three hundred thousand dollar upcharge. Yeah. Is, is 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 cost prohibitive for the overwhelming majority of motor motor carriers? You know, like I said, okay. more than ninety five percent of, of trucking companies are small businesses operating 10 trucks or, or, or fewer, you know, complying, complying with these mandates will, will push many carriers out of business, out of business, uh, yeah. probably me too, and, mm -hmm. and tighten capacity nationwide, you know, causing mm -hmm. severe price inflation of, of all goods. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's looming. You said 2030. I mean, that's really right around the corner. So how can the trucking company starting now with the cost that you just mentioned, you know, get to that that huge gap in, in the cost between now and 2030? What are some truckers planning to do, you know, if they want to stay in business in California? I mean, uh, it, that, that's a great question. I mean, the, these, these truckers are, are thinking, I mean, maybe this regulation will get pushed. Mm -hmm. A lot of truckers has just left California and said they're not going to service California. Mm -hmm. and I don't blame them because, you know, California, how's this? They have more regulations than the other states and mm -hmm. they're, you know, taking the lead on, on this. And, and, and how's this? I would support it if they could provide great data mm -hmm. saying that, look, this is the future and this is what we have to do, but that's not what they're doing. You know, speaking about, you know, California, infrastructure is, is, is the next thing. So let's say we could get those, yeah. these, we have the money for these trucks, but the, the infrastructure in California or through the United States, you know, the power grid is not ready. We don't have enough charging stations. Uh, let me provide an example. My favorite example is uh, Andrew Boyle of Boyle Transportation went to Washington to testify before uh, <clears throat> before a Senate Environmental and Public Works Subcommittee on the future of clean, uh, future of clean vehicles. And mm -hmm. he's an example of only after one trucking company tried to just electrify 30 trucks here in Joliet, Illinois, which is not too far from here, mm -hmm. local officials shut those plans down, saying that they would draw more electricity that is needed than the power of the whole city. That's only 30 electric trucks here in Illinois. And Illinois is a, a big state, California is right. a little bit bigger. But uh, so my question is, how we can't do this in Illinois, how are we going to charge these trucks in, in, in the state of California? Yeah. Absolutely. And it's not like you stay in California, you're you're going all, you know across the country. And so I'm assuming these regulations may follow suit as well. California has kind of been pushing this. But are you expecting to see these uh, regulations in other states and, uh, you know, eventually nationally as well? You mean, it's, it's a great question. So California is kind of like the, you know, taking the lead on this. And, mm -hmm. you know, others, other other people are saying that, you know, how's this? California gets it through. There's going to be multiple states to, to follow. Yeah. Um, but how about this? I mean, maybe maybe I'm wrong, and, and California could could make this work. But if 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 they fail, you know, they're going to bring all the trucks that 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 go to California, and we go to California a lot because, just to give you an idea about you know eighty in the summertime, California produces about eighty percent of the produce for all of America. So California feeds uh, the American people through through the summer, and if we're forced on this technology. I mean, these electric trucks, you know, my question is how are they going to work in 110 degree weather going through Death Valley? Um, how do they work in an extreme cold? 
Uh, lithium batteries are not great. You know what I mean? Uh, maybe they, they have some, you know, the only way I see this happening is if there's going to be some kind of new technology where they come up with a super, a super battery, you know what I mean? Something mm -hmm. like that would, would, uh, you know, like that was like drive the Terminator. You know what I mean? Uh, when you charge it up one time, we can make 8,000 miles. <laughs> that would make me feel, feel, feel better, but I'm not seeing that right now. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So we covered costs. We talked about the infrastructure a little bit. What are uh, some of the other ones? Go into detail a little further on some of the other ones. That you yeah. Mentioned. So like I said, my biggest concern is the testing data. You know, example, how will these trucks work in the extreme cold? Just to give you an idea, to kill a battery or a lithium battery, any battery, you could kill it two ways with extreme cold or extreme heat. You know, so how is it going to do when it's minus 25 degrees in, in, in Montana? How will it work in high elevations? Uh, because we have to go through high elevations. Right now, we're having we're having these issues with our diesel trucks, the cold, the heat, the high elevation, the Las Vegas desert, Death Valley, etc. You know, if this technology fails, the entire supply chain will be dead in the water. You know what I mean? And failure is not merely inconvenient; it's going to be catastrophic. Mm -hmm. It's not an option. I mean, it's not an option, especially for the food supply chain of America. You know, these changes, changes were made without checking with the supply chain or, or, or the truckers. And that's, that's mm -hmm. a really frustrating part about being caught in this situation because, you know, I feel that we should all sit down together, the truckers and the lawmakers to say, look, these are our problems and come up with solutions together to, to, you know, keep the wheels rolling and the economy roaring for the american people yeah absolutely it's kind of that you know like that top-down regulation where maybe the idea sounds good and like you said you fully support green energy and i think that the shift to sustainability is sort of inevitable uh but there is that disconnect right so if, if you're just saying hey this sounds like a great policy but you're not checking with shippers and people who are actually on the road doing this this is that how you end up you know kind of here with these regulations that kind of don't work in in reality Correct. And you know, I mean, I was just, the, the, the motor carrier and the EPA has, has pushed multiple regulations. Like I said, we're over-regulated. And when you push a regulation too fast, it causes issue. Let me give an example. Uh, when the California said that we need to have the particular filters to catch the carbon uh, that the diesel trucks give out, it kind of burns it up uh, so it would there'd be less carbon in the, in the, in the air. They push the technology so fast. And what the problem is, anytime you have a problem with the system it, it derates your truck um to five miles an hour you have to be towed off the highway uh mm -hmm. it actually causes more 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 hazards because your truck gets derated you try to get off the highway uh you have to go to the dealer and the dealer has to fix the system reset everything and the frustrating part is that you know we're hauling perishables and food time is money mm -hmm. uh there's been multiple times we'll go to the dealer and the dealer can't even fix the truck because they don't know what's wrong so they start replacing parts you mean i've been there's been situations the dealer wants to replace the engine. I'm like, what? That's not going to fix it. We mm -hmm. need to find the, find the cause. You know what I mean? And when we're stuck something like that, this causes, you know, extra cost for us because then I have to send another truck to take that load and recover it and, and deliver it, continue, especially if it's produce. You know, produce is, is very perishable. Yeah. The second you harvest produce, it's, 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 it's rotting. So mm -hmm. if I'm stuck on the road. I mean, when I get to the grocery store or distribution center, that's that much less that produce has life, and that much it's less for 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 the for the consumer, and that that's not good, no. in, in my opinion, for 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 anybody.
Yeah, absolutely. Not to mention that obviously in the food industry, we're all, we are already stuck with, uh, you know, very, greatly increased costs from inflation. Food costs are through the roof. So if it's costing the truckers more money to do this and it ends up, you know, in the consumer's pockets, no one's going to be happy, right? Yeah, yeah. And then one thing that we learned from, from, from COVID is that, you know, the supply chain uh, has a safety stock, but the safety stock is super razor thin, you know, because the model was always just in time. You don't keep yeah. inventory. And I know that, you know, some salesmen who get bonuses for keeping the inventory low. Mm -hmm. um, but that's, that's, that, that had a, a tremendous impact, especially when we had COVID because people, number one, ran and, and, and bought it all up when they, when they panic buy, mm -hmm. uh, where they panic buying the, the food and then they can, you know, the, most of the food they had to throw out, but then it took us forever to, you know, fill that void and then catch up with that supply chain, uh, which I mean, I hope as the American people, we learn by our mistakes and, and we say, hey, you know what, we need to have a little bit, you know, more in a safety stock than something that will hold us over for one or two days. We need to have some, some more just in case, you know, bad weather, uh, bad weather, economic position, you know what I mean, uh, etc. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. So, so where do we go from here? Uh, do you see a better way to balance between, you know, moving to more sustainable energy models while still keeping the needs of the transportation industry front and center? And how do we how do we get there? Amy, so what we need is is, is a call to action. You know, this technology is, is being pushed uh, through way too fast with, with little testing and data. Uh, and the truckers really, I think, need an affordable hybrid truck. Right now, we have diesel trucks. As soon as a, tr a diesel truck breaks. I mean, we're, 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 we're dead, dead in the water, right? Mm -hmm. I would love to have some other system, like if one system goes down, that we could make it, limp it back to the next big city, maybe next uh, uh, terminal. And, and that's why we need a, a truck with two systems of, of power. If one shuts down or breaks, the other one continues. You know I mean, and I would love to see trucks maybe with three systems of power, because the way I see it, if we move from the current technology we have, my opinion, we should be moving something to better and, and greater and something that everybody would want to go to. Mm -hmm. And having an affordable hybrid truck would definitely be a win-win for, for the truckers and for the supply chain. And it would, you know, how's this? Definitely for the American people. Yeah. That multiple system approach seems to make a lot of sense to me. Is that something that's sort of actively gaining some traction in the industry or are you the only one who's talking about it right now? Um, so as a side, there is a little bit of talk about it. Nikola, Nikola has made a truck, and, and I did sign up to to get some Nikola trucks. Mm -hmm. But when they started making trucks, they said they're going to have. Uh, well, their first truck was going to be a, a compressed gas truck that would run a generator, and the generator would charge the lithium batteries, right? And then they said they're going to move to a hydrogen generator, which is going to be better than the. Um, and I support the hydrogen generator, even though I haven't seen one, but I hear great things. Uh, better than the the natural gas and so how's this so if the batteries goes go dead we could kick in the hydrogen generator we could charge mm -hmm. it and go from there hydrogen generator goes down hopefully we can make it with the batteries that's the only truck i've seen like this but you know with this huge push for electric trucks nicola kind of has pushed that aside because Nicole, right. the first trucks they're doing right now and, and obviously there's a lot of change at the company is is they're making ev trucks you know perfect electric, uh, just straight electric uh, trucks because everybody's kind of trying to get to the finish line who, who could get there first. Yeah. And, and, and that's not right. I mean, I think if, if we have to wait 
to design a better product, I think that would be great and beneficial for the people instead of pushing this technology through that that's going to cause issues. Yeah, absolutely. All right, great. Well, I'm sure there's a lot of people in our audience who are going to agree with you and, and feel the same way. Uh, any other pointers or any other uh, advice you'd want to share with other trucking companies who are trying to figure out you know, what to do here or any other you know, predictions on, on what's going to come down next uh, from mm -hmm. the one one thing I always like to to quote is you know uh, Todd Spencer and Todd Spencer is the president of OIDA, uh, the Owner Operator Independent Driver Association, mm -hmm. and and he has this amazing quote and I, I love to to quote it and it says if you're talking about something that actually uh, really does deliver benefits for all around, you don't have to mandate stuff like this. People gravitate to it, they go after it and say I want it because it makes everything better so when we move this technology you I mean i think that's what we should be gravitating to it and and, and one thing i want to say is I, I tip my hat to to todd spencer president of oida because he's the tip of the spear representing all the owner operators and god bless this man and i want to thank him for for all he does for the trucking uh community and, and uh and, and truckers great makes a lot of sense well, again, thank you so much, Mike, for joining us. I think you gave us a lot of really great information here. Lots going on, lots to think about, and uh, we'll have to see what happens next. Thank you for having me on, and thank you for all your support. Thanks so much. Thank you to Michael Kucharski and JKC Trucking for all of that great information, and thank you for watching this Inbound Logistics video podcast. For more episodes, go to www.inboundlogistics.com slash podcast. Inbound Logistics Magazine is the information leader in supply chain and logistics management. Start your free print and digital subscription today by visiting bit.ly slash getil. That's bit.ly slash get underscore il and stay ahead of the 3PL game. The Inbound Logistics Podcast is a production of Inbound Logistics Magazine. For the most in-depth information around logistics, transportation, and supply chain practices, get your free print and digital subscription at inboundlogistics.com slash subscribe. Connect with us via LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for the most current developments in the industry. If you'd like to leave us some feedback or have a topic you'd like to see covered in a future episode, call our dialogue line at 888-878-3247 or leave us an email at podcast at inboundlogistics.com. I'm your host, Jeff Vita. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time here on the Inbound Logistics Podcast.